0: What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Bama Beat Podcast, where we like baseball, but we love pickles and we love collegiate apparel. I'm Brett Hudson, and I'm joined, as always, on the baseball editions of the Bama Beat Podcast by Hunter Johnson. Hunter, how's it going?
1: It's going good, Brett. How about you?
0: I am good. Have you done anything different with Wickles lately, possibly for the the Super Bowl or anything?
1: I mean, I did have some. I had some in the cornerstones last night during the game, but nothing nothing too way out there. Um, I did. I did an omelet. I know, you know, last week I talked about that. I actually did another one on Saturday morning as well um, and used some of the jalapeno spread. But, yeah, Wiggles, wickedly delicious pickles, relishes, okra, and much more. Wiggles are proud to be Alabama-owned and made using a family recipe 90 years in the making. From Saturday sandwiches to Christmas dinner, their secret recipe used to be reserved for family and friends who were lucky enough to get their hands on a jar. But since 1998, they've been bringing the sweet, heat, and bold and tangy recipes into your home learn more about them at wicklespickles.com and find them in your local store in the pickle aisle. Let's get wicked.
0: I never mentioned the corner when when I do the wickles ad reads. I, I need to. Corner really uh really diversify the product.
1: I really haven't seen them for sale yet anywhere. They just came out with them a couple months ago. So oh, okay. I don't know how available they are. I know they're available on the website though.
0: Okay. Well that's that's why. Good to know. So wicklespickles.com is where you can get some corner shones if that's your your thing, get some cornerstones for, uh, for a salad, maybe. Um. So we are continuing our preseason preview series. Last week, we did a deep dive on the pitching staff, and on Monday, our interview with head coach Brad Bohannon dropped 30 minutes of insight there. I thought it was a pretty productive conversation. I think the, the listeners probably learned a lot from that. And now we're going to take a look at the hitting and defensive side of things. But before we do that, pop quiz. Okay, I'm so ready. I- the last time an Alabama player had three home runs in a game was 1999. Can you remember who?
1: Hmm.
0: Was it Andy Phillips? It was not. You want another guess? It was in 1999. G.W. Keller. It What? God, how do you do that? It was G.W. Keller – against Vanderbilt on May 8th, 1999. Alabama beat Vandy 22-13 to 13 that day. It was the second of 16 straight wins, which took that 1999 team from the final two weeks of the regular season through the SEC tournament, the regional, the super regional, and through the first game in Omaha. Pretty, pretty good time to go on a 16-game winner.
1: Um, Play, fun played, fact. L- played LSU in that super regional.
0: That's correct. Fun fact. The home runs came in consecutive plate appearances. So not only really? did you have three in a game, you had three in consecutive plate appearances. That was was uh, that
1: series in Tuscaloosa?
0: I believe it was. I can look it up again. Um
1: If it was, I'm sure I was there. I, I feel like I was there. It
0: was. It was it was in Tuscaloosa. Bama won those games three to 22 to thirteen, and fourteen to
1: five. The good old minus three era.
0: <laughs> they went, uh, they went to Florida, swept that, um, and won the SEC tournament by beating Ole Miss, Mississippi State twice, in Arkansas.
1: Arkansas. Jeremy Brown, um, Jeremy Vaughn, who had very like hardly pitched at all that year, do um, like a complete game in the championship game against Arkansas. I remember I went up to the Met for that
0: nine to three win there. Then beat Navy once and Southern Miss twice to win the Tuscaloosa regional. Beat LSU thirteen to six and thirteen to five, very two thousand seven football scores there, um, to win that super regional and then went on to Omaha, where only the Hurricanes could could undo that uh, that Crimson Tide team. So we're gonna take our position, uh, not our position preview, but our our hitting and defense preview in the order of a scorebook from from two to nine. That starts us at catcher. Sam Prater is obviously the dude here and that status is unquestioned since Bohannon is out here com- campaigning for him as a preseason All-SEC guy and possibly preseason All-American at that position. What's interesting is what happens when Prater doesn't catch. Now I imagine Prater is going to be taking a heavier workload than he did last season because last year he was still working up his arm strength for missing most of the 2019 season after Tommy John surgery. Assuming, Prater's arm is good and built up now, you'd think his off days from catching would be less frequent, but they'll still have to be filled by someone. The options as we see them are Peyton Wilson, Johnny Hawk, another Alabama catcher returning from Tommy John, and freshman Grant Nip. Wilson is clearly the best option based on last year's results. He hit 333 last year, had an OBP of .417 that was only going up when the season got canceled. But possibly complicating things is that Wilson is somewhat likely to be a full time starter at another position, which we'll debate later on. I personally think it'll be second to base. So, does Alabama have the depth at its middle infield positions to plug in someone and let Wilson be the backup catcher? Does Johnny Hawk improve as a hitter? He hit two twenty four and forty nine at bats in two thousand nineteen. Or does Grant Nipp step up immediately as a legit backup catcher? There are several options there.
1: I mean I heard really good things out of Johnny from Johnny Hawk in the uh in the fall. So mm-hmm. I mean I have heard that he's really emerged with his bat to be a capable backup. Um so I think you have a lot of options. Yeah, um you know Peyton's kind of proven back there. Johnny Hawk has been a good defensive catcher the entire time he's been here. Um but if he can hit a little bit and be I mean and be a legit backup. I mean that that to me would be your best option. Now it also comes to are you trying to you know Get as many you know bats in the lineup as you can, but yeah, I mean, it seems like Wilson's going to be a pretty natural fit at second base for us, though. I know we'll get to that, but right. you don't not, wanna, you not, know to – you know it depends on who else you can put at second base at that point.
0: Yeah, see that that's the thing with with your your backup catcher is Peyton Wilson. Depending on how everything else works out, he could be your best option or one of your best options at second, third, and potentially. Any of the three outlets. center, yeah, center, more likely than the others. But since he is such a valuable option at several other positions, you would probably very much prefer to have a Johnny Hawk or a Grant Nip emerge as a legitimate backup catcher who can take some of those uh those days when when Prater needs to rest his legs. Um, so Bama would greatly benefit from that. Otherwise, you're you're taking one of your best options at, at three pretty crucial. Uh, fielding positions and putting him behind the plate, which is not a bad thing. I mean, necessarily catchers are, are super valuable defensively, but you you would like to have some more positional flexibility with someone like Peyton Wilson than to have to kind of count on him to catch every fourth or fifth game just for, for the sake of Sam Prater's legs, depending on how many off days he does get from his catching duties at first base. Drew Williamson is the returner. He hit 340 last year. Not as much power as you'd expect with a 480 slugging percentage, but there's optimism that will improve this season. And he walked 18 times in 16 games last year, so you're getting a lot out of that. Davis Heller is an interesting prospect 6'8, 240. He can pitch a little bit. Maybe that'll happen later in his career, but Bohannon is pretty up on Williamson's defense at first base. So it would take some doing for someone other than Drew Williamson to be the everyday guy at first, at least in the beginning of the season. That's the way I see
1: it. Yeah, I think he's he's gonna be the guy. Oh, I'm looking at the stats from last year. Drew started sixteen out of seventeen games at first. Who started the other one? Uh, Deadotti, maybe?
0: I don't think so. That's Benton? a I'll I'll see if I can find that game don't
1: don't worry about it you keep on talking and I'll I'll see if I can find that
0: well I, I actually I'm going to toss it to you here so I'll, I'll try to find it while you're working your way through this at second I, I hinted at it earlier so let's do this now if you were making the lineup card here would you have Peyton Wilson at second or would you have him somewhere else
1: I'd have Peyton Wilson Peyton Wilson at second um, Peyton, I guess we can kind of you know, lump this in like you're probably going to have Jarvis the guy who started here last year Um, This is probably going to be at shortstop. So I think I I would have Peyton Wilson here for sure.
0: I I see. I I think I would too. Peyton makes a lot of sense at second base athletically. Uh, He's quick in the way that second basemen need to be quick, good hands. I would have him here to start. Um, But as we're going to get into when we get to the outfield, he may be needed there. Uh, The reason I'd start with him here now is you have several options that could work in the outfield. Uh, And again, we'll, we'll get to those later. So you'd like to keep Peyton at second to avoid more or less being forced to put a freshman there, which would not have been the case if the miles Austin thing had worked out, but he's at Chipola. Now, if it's not Peyton, it's likely to be freshman Caden Rose prep baseball report had him as the top shortstop in the state comes from a really strong baseball program with Bob Jones, Will Portera of Memphis could be an option as well, but in any event, you're you're forcing yourself to rely on a freshman as opposed to hoping one comes through for you. Which for for a team that has postseason aspirations, you would rather not have that be. Hey, we want to mute the notifications over there, pal. Dude, I'm trying. I, I'm I'm not I'm not tech savvy enough to know how to do that. I'm being perfectly honest with you. Even
1: Cecil knows to to mute the Notifications and we're podcasting. Come
0: uh, on. Well, look, man, uh, Cecil is is clearly the the tech savant more than I am. um I, I, I have no idea what's going on. Uh, tell me how. I, I enlighten me right now. I mean, it's yes, the little. Th- you have
1: a iPhone, right? This is great, yeah. hot, great material right here. Yes, think the little thing on the side, like the little click button. You just turn it. Oh no, it's coming up on my computer. Oh well, just mute it. Mute the computer. Turn the volume down. Then I can't hear you. See the problem? Oh, I'm using AirPods. Okay. Gotcha.
0: I, I'm a mess, man. I, I okay. hope I've got it figured out. Um, but it I th- sounds like we agree that Peyton is the one who who makes the most sense at, at second base, at least in the beginning. What happens from there uh, could be interesting. I think that the, the best case that we're at for Alabama would be they find options both in the outfield and backup catcher and then possibly at, at third base as well, where – it's not really necessary um, to need to to put him elsewhere. But if uh, if you have to, it's it's there for you. Moving on to third, Zane Denton is apparently making some real strides between the season ending and now. He got a little playing time at third last year when Brett Auerbach wasn't there, and he certainly took some freshman lumps. But the bad is what made him an attractive prospect. So if that develops the way it should, I think that's your best
1: option there. And Zane Denton did play one game at first base last year. He started at first base against um, UT Martin. Thank you. So there you go. Um, yeah, and it sounds like he had a really, really good fall as well. Um, and he's like really he pounded the ball and pretty much solidified the third base spot. And so I think that's pretty much you're going to see him there.
0: That's that's what it sounds like to, to me, too. I think Zane is, is – they're one of very few positions where you're – almost positive of of your opening day starter at the the position. You're pretty sure Zane Denton's going to be that guy. At third, William Hammeter, a Tuscaloosa guy, is technically an option, but Bohannon has given optimistic reports on him in a corner outfield position. So, uh, I mean, Hammeter was a third baseman last year. He could be there again um, in 2021 if needed. But, again, it sounds like the corner outfield has been more of a focus for him. And then maybe Caden Rose is just awesome, and you he kind of pulls a Peyton Wilson, and you have to put him at second base every day, and you could move Peyton to third instead yeah. of second. But, again, uh, I think Zane Denton is going to be your guy to start there, and then Alabama will adjust as they have to uh, based on that performance. Before we get to shortstop, I got to let you all know that this morning I rocked a fantastic Colorado State hoodie. From Home Field Apparel. Homefieldapparel.com is where you can get super comfortable, unique, collegiately licensed apparel. Logos you've never seen before on t-shirts, sweaters, and hoodies. Sweatshirts and hoodies that are the most comfortable you will own from over 100 schools. There are 14 pieces of, of Alabama gear on the website. One of them a basketball t-shirt, which I'm... Uh, Crediting exclusively to Hunter and his yes. to, to make that reality, plus 13 other pieces of Alabama gear, and then three from the most recent football national championship. All of that is on HomeFieldApparel.com, and you can use HomeFieldApparel to get other schools' apparels. and It's a wide variety. There's big and small schools. There's Indiana State and Franklin College, and I, I, I think like Delaware is on there. Colorado
1: um, School of Mines.
0: Colorado School of Mines. That's some of their best content, in my opinion. But there's also Florida State and Baylor and a bunch of other like big primetime schools there for the Taking Louisville is, is on there as well. All of it at homefieldapparel.com. If you have not already used the promo code, you can use the promo code BAMABEAT to get 20% off your purchase at homefieldapparel.com. Cannot recommend it highly enough i have a couple of their hoodies i will be collecting more over time
1: did you get the doggers
0: i did not get the doggers i did i mean they were gone in like 60 seconds right yeah
1: I, i'm gonna pull the trigger on i want the the sad dog um the sad husky t-shirt i'm gonna finally pull the trigger on that I just I have, say. it's a great I have logo i
0: have that um okay the, the baseball tee uh-huh yeah, I have that when I wore it for the first time, not that long ago, and then one of my daughters spit up on it, so oh, I felt about that uh, that decision. Yeah, kind of, kind of regretted that, but it was it was glorious while I had it on. So there, there was that. I, I almost washed it and wore it again for their like mini birthday party we did over the weekend, but you know, I mean, uh, probably oh. not great to wear a sad husky t shirt to your your daughter's quote unquote birthday party. You know what I mean? Yeah. Might not be the best look. So anyway,
1: Speaking of your your daughter's Uh, birthday, I still have their birth gift. (laughs) I I got Brett's, when Brett's kids were born, uh, the twins, I got them a gift, like for the, like a a book. I think my mother picked it out. I don't even know what it is. But um, with COVID and everything, like I've seen Brett like maybe twice since the pandemic started and I still have not given him this. The kids are going to learn, know how to read by the time I finally get it to them.
0: Look, the book will still be useful. Then at that yeah, point, it'll yeah. just be even easier for me. So, yep, works okay. out for me. Um, moving on to shortstop, would you want to see anyone other than Jim Jarvis in that spot?
1: I mean, maybe Rice Evelyn or Caden Rose if he's a guy that um, that you, know, you have, kind of talk like you have to get him in the lineup. But no, it sounds like this is going to be Jim Jarvis' spot. And I mean, I thought he was pretty good at second base last year. Um, so yeah, I mean, it sounds like that's going to be. I think he'll be fine defensively. He won't be as consistent as Colby was, but no few players are. But probably a little bit better athlete than Colby, and will, you will know, be able to make a, some make some more plays that you know Colby might not have been able to. Uh, that, that's
0: fair, and I think you're right. I think he played a solid second base last year. Not not great, but good. Uh, good approach at the plate too. He's really tough to strike out, and you love to have that in your lineup.
1: You love the th- the two strike uh, the two strike um, approach.
0: I'm going up. to write about that before the season is over. That was one of the things that was very high on my priority list when the season got canceled. So I'm, I'm, I cannot believe I hadn't gotten the chance to write about that yet, but I will pretty soon. And he got four steals in uh, 20 times on base last year. So you, you have that going for you. Bohannon's head freshman Bryce Eblin, as you mentioned, is getting some opportunity at shortstop. He was pretty widely rated as one of, if not the best player out of the state of Indiana last year. Um, so you have some some options there, but much like it was with Zane Ditton at third base, we we are of the belief that that will be Jim Jarvis's spot to start the season, and it, it would take some doing to to undo that. Uh, moving on, no,
1: no, Rice Evelyn, no relation to Ben Evelyn, by the way, names are spelled differently. Were you
0: were you disappointed to learn that? Or
1: I was. I, I texted Ben. And i was like, hey, you got a brother coming to play baseball at Alabama?
0: But sadly, no. That's disappointing.
1: So let's
0: get to the outfield. Here's I'm just going to lay this all out for you, and and, we could spend like an hour putting together different outfield combinations. So here's the situation. You have three bats you like that you need more defense out of. You have one solid defender who just has to hit to secure his lineup spot. You have one who can do both, but you'd rather use him somewhere else. And you have two unproven commodities that could be valuable, but you don't know. The three bats you like that you need more defense out of are T.J. Reeves, Owen Diodati, and William Hamber. Jackson Tate is a promising defender, but can he hit against top pitching? Payne Wilson could certainly do it, but for reasons covered earlier in the episode, you'd rather have him at second, in my opinion. Andrew Pinkney and Will Pitota are promising prospects, but we don't really know anything about them yet. There's all the negatives. Here are the positives. T.J. Reeves has all the physical tools to be an absolute stud. Owen struck slugged 673 last year. Dude had nine extra base hits in 55 at-bats and walked 13 times. William Hammond has been impressive in practices. I think this is the most interesting aspect of, of this team because there there are a lot of guys that have something about them that can be strong, everyday SEC players. They need the other side of their game to fully solidify themselves as a 50 to 60 game starter, should Alabama's postseason go the way they hope it will. And I think it's just fascinating. There are so many guys that know I am this part of my game away from being an absolutely cannot leave me out of the lineup guy. Which one step up and do it? I, I cannot wait to see
1: it. I, mean, I think you're pretty sure you're going to have TJ in left. It seems like the center field uh, experiment there is over. We're not going to try to make him play center field anymore. Um, And then, you know, when center and right, right's probably the most wide open. Uh, Yes. Because, you know, it could be Hammett or you might see Diodotti there there or in left some when he's not DHing. I think Diodotti's probably, I know we're going to get there, but Diodotti's probably going to DH the majority of the time. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I mean, and then with this spot, you can kind of just. I, right field's wide open. Um, and I, I don't know what – and talked highly of Pitota, um on the podcast. And then with Pitney, was the idea to redshirt him the whole time last year anyway? Like, because he never – he didn't play at all.
0: Yeah, I think so. Okay.
1: Kind of a project type guy. And I haven't heard anything about him in the fall. Um, but, yeah, right – You're probably going to have Jackson Tate at least at the beginning of the year starting in center. Yes. Um, but, yeah, you want to see how he can hit against, you know, He's never hit against SEC pitching before, um, and then yeah, I would. I'm guessing Hamiter will start off in right, but you really don't know. Could end up being Pitota.
0: right? And, and we'll we'll do opening day lineup projections and all that on a, on a future podcast, I, I would imagine. But if, if I were to do it right now, I think I would go Reeves in left, Tate in center, Hameter in right, and Diodati as your DH. Um, the the only and that's a pretty solid lineup, right? The mm-hmm. only problem with that is there is such a crowded candidate candidate pool for the DH position, and we'll we'll get to that shortly. You would you would love to have Owen Diadi's bat in the lineup every single day because the the power that he showed last year was just uh, otherworldly. Like if you can develop him into the full on well rounded. Hitter that you think he can be, that is a serious, serious talent you have on your hands. It's a lot easier to do that on this specific roster if you can take a corner outfield position as opposed to having to do it at DH. If if Dio can be a solid corner outfield defender, that would go, that would do wonders for for this team. If that doesn't happen, that's okay. As long as someone like William Hamider or uh, Will Pototo or even Andrew Pinkney, if he breaks out, is able to do um, that kind of thing just because, again, there, there are so many quality bats in, in this lineup that are going to be serious candidates for for DH spots. And then the wild card is Peyton Wilson, right? If, right? if if Jackson Tate doesn't work out or if TJ Reeves doesn't work out, which I don't, I don't think either of us are saying those are likely necessarily, but. If if something goes haywire in the outfield, you can push him out to the outfield and then figure out what you're going to do with your double play combo. But, uh, again, I think Bama would much prefer to have T.J. Reeves hit the way they think he can and play a solid corner outfield defense, have Jackson Tate play good center field defense and hit a little bit, and then have someone in, in right field, be it William Hameter or Owen Diodotti, Will Pitota, bring the bat that they think they can bring, and, and also play some solid defense out there.
1: I would imagine you're only going to see – I mean, this is just a guess. You're only going to see Diodati playing defense when on, on days where uh, Sam Prater's taking the day off from catcher because you have Sam at DH, takes that position away from Diodati. He's gotta, you has got to have his bat in a lineup somewhere. Right. So that's when you'll probably see him play left or right.
0: I hope I hope Diodati gets the chance to to play corner outfield a little bit because from from conversations throughout the the off season I know that was a priority of, of his. He know I mean he knows that he's he's got to become a, a solid outfield defender if he wants to guarantee his position in the lineup every single day. And and the thing with with Diodati is he's a converted catcher. He he played catcher for most of of his prep career. So he he's still kind of learning the whole outfield thing and it, it makes he, he's a good fit for the outfield. so you would think that with time and repetitions that that skill will come in theory. but it's not like he's someone who you would just give up on defensively because he played so much catcher um, in in his prep years and plus obviously he's from he's from Canada, so he's not in a place where, He's playing baseball year-round or most of the year-round. He was actually a really good hockey player as a prep athlete, so he was probably splitting time between baseball and and, and hockey more than I would imagine most of, of the players on Alabama's roster were, were splitting with other sports they played. So
1: so maybe it's just a matter of him getting reps, and maybe he's got the reps and he's going to be better. And in retrospect, I kind of wish we had talked to Bohannon about this and asked him, um, but I guess we'll just have to see. Yeah, that's
0: that's the hope. You, you would hope that – I'll put it this way. I'm personally optimistic that O.N.D. Adati will one day be a respectable, average, whatever term you want to use, defender in a corner outfield spot. It's, It's just a matter of when. Is it this February? Is it this April? Is it in 2022 or 2023? I don't know. But I think that will eventually happen. And when it does, it'll do a lot for Alabama if that happens to come during his Bama career. It'll also do a lot for him in terms of his value and prospects as a professional baseball player. Moving on to designated hitter. If, if Peyton Wilson is your second baseman, Caden Rose can be a DH. Zane Ditton can be a DH if Wilson plays third. As we previously discussed, there are at least five serious candidates for outfield playing time. Several of them carry serious bats that make sense in the DH slot. Toward the end of last season, Alabama had eleven, maybe twelve guys that you'd like to have in your lineup pretty regularly, and it's easy to project that being the case to start the twenty twenty one season, making this DA spot a, a pretty tough one to secure for those that don't already secure a position in the field.
1: And, and yeah, you another like guy you didn't even mention was who knows Davis Heller possibly absolutely um, could be there. Um, but yeah, it, it's just it's all going to depend on if, if Denton can play out. I mean, I'm sorry, if to play outfield. Um, and I'm, I'm sure that last year we moved these spots around a lot. And I think and it was helpful because you had such versatile players in Peyton Wilson and, um, and Brad Auerbach. So we might not see as much of it this year because you don't have Auerbach, but I still think that you'll see a lot of movement around this line of guys playing different positions, you know, going from the outfield to the DH, you know, that kind of thing.
0: Absolutely. Cause, cause that's what this team has again you got 11, 12 bats that, that you can reasonably put in your lineup every single day. So you're going to rotate those guys in and out. You're going to try different lineup combinations and, and see if any of them can isolate themselves. Bo so is big on me- force me to play you. Don't don't put yourself in the mix and, and, and see what happens. Like perform so well in practice and BP in the games that I look at you and say I have no choice but to put you in the lineup. Oh, and Diodati bit did that for pretty much all of, of last season. So even though Alabama had a lot of really good DH options last year, it was almost always Diodotti because he was that guy. Is he able to do it again in 2021? Does someone else do it again and do it in 2021? Or, or do they kind of have a revolving door of guys kind of going back and forth between – Outfield positions and and DH or, or maybe someone like goes to first base. I don't know who that would be, but it's possible. I guess I I don't know. It's it's it. I, I don't envy putting together this lineup card every single day because because every time you you post that thing in the clubhouse or wherever you post it, there there's a, a really good bat who's gonna look at that thing and not see his name.
1: Right. You're going to have three or four guys that think they ought to be getting the bats that aren't. But I think that Bo, especially in that he did it last year, he'll do it again this year. He's going to give a lot of guys opportunities.
0: Not dissimilar to what he'll do with the pitching staff, right? With seven or eight guys getting
1: the Very similar. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It'll be an interesting competition for for playing time in those outfield spots and in the the DH roles. And one more thought on it. I think it's going to be the people who deliver power that that get those those roles. Cause you feel pretty good about the contact skills you're you're getting in Sam Prater and Peyton Wilson and then possibly William Hameter if he's the guy in in right field. TJ Reeves as well, you would hope that you're getting more of that from Jim Jarvis and, and Zane Denton. So Bama's gonna need pop because again of Tyler Gentry and Brett Auerbach combined for seven of Alabama's 22 homers. And 14 of Alabama's 39 doubles. So you need pop. Wh- whoever can deliver that, I think those are the ones that are going to get the the nod for for those uh, positions. Not only because they're kind of traditionally biased towards power hitters anyway, but especially in, in this exact scenario with Bama's lineup and what you can reasonably project that it will need. The, the guys that can find some power early in the season, I think, are, are more likely to – to find their way to consistent playing time in those outfield and DH roles and the guys that put up a bunch of contact, but also just spray singles
1: everywhere. I would definitely agree with that.
0: Well, when we come back with more of the Bama Beat Baseball podcast, we'll kind of take a look at the schedule and the season as a whole, kind of look into the weekend, the series, excuse me, the season opener, yikes, with McNeese State, which we are less than a week Away from game week for Alabama baseball, and we'll probably do a, a a grab bag of preseason predictions. Maybe we'll we'll hold ourselves to those at the end of the season. I'm sure Al, uh, Hunter's got Alabama going 30 and 0 in SEC play. I'm sure that'll be the case, right? Right.
1: Yeah, I, I'm I'm ready for it.
0: Well, I, I don't know why you would pick anything else based on the the dominance that the football and basketball teams have showed in in conference play. No pressure.
1: Coach We're just going to win everything and
0: everything. Pretty much, yeah. Well, until next time, thank y'all for listening to the Bama Beat Baseball Podcast, brought to you by Wickles Pickles
1: and Home Field Apparel.